Our gospel reading for this morning and also the sermon text for this morning comes from Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 45. Our Lord Jesus says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, we are, as a church, we're coming to the end of our time in the book of Matthew. And so, for this past church year, we have spent pretty much the entirety of this time in in the book of of Matthew and uh, learning from Matthew's gospel about our Lord and Savior Jesus. And so, these last three weeks... End of the church here. We're going to focus on three parables of Jesus. Jesus told somewhere around 30 parables that are recorded in Scripture, but we're going to focus on three the next few weeks. And specifically, these three parables talk about our favorite topic, our favorite subject. Say it with me. Stewardship. Yeah. Story about a man who, when he wasn't flying in his private jet or watching sunsets from the deck of one of his many yachts, he was living a life of luxury in his 10,000 square foot apartment in New York City. Does that exist? A 10,000 square foot apartment? It must. It, it must have overlooked, yeah, probably Central Park, right? Yeah, beautiful. You were born in New York City? Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the, uh, uh, one of his, his yachts, one of the, the yachts that he owned was called Bull. And that yacht put him back measly $7 million for a yacht. Uh, His jet cost $24 million. He had homes in France, Long Island, Palm Beach, Florida. And to stand in his Manhattan office was to stand in the epicenter of financial success. 
or so it seemed. Then came the morning of December 10th, 2008. That's when it all ended. That's when he had to face the music. That's when Bernie, Bernie Madoff confessed that it was all one big, gigantic Ponzi scheme. His life was a lie. Bernie Madoff, Madoff masterminded the biggest financial crime in U.S. history. And he swindled people out of, get this, $65 billion. $65 billion. Why? Why would someone do that for years, for decades, for their entire lives? You know, it's so easy to get addicted to that one word, M-O-R-E, more. And short order, uh, authorities stripped Bernie Madoff of everything, his son tragically committed suicide. His wife went into seclusion. And 71-year-old Bernie Madoff was sentenced to prison. That was the end for him. The end, and here's the point. The end always comes. <laughs> The end always comes. And in Stephen Covey's book, um, was it, seven, seven Habits of a Successful Person or Successful People, something like that, uh, he, he tells us that we are to, one of the habits that we're to have is to begin with the end in mind. And that's what our Lord Jesus does for us in, in our text today. Matthew 24, one of those parables, the parables of the, of the faithful servant, who then is the faithful and wise servant who his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time. Now, this parable isn't super hard to decipher, to decode, right? Um, who is the servant? The servant, well, it's the church, or to personalize it even more, the servant is you, and the servant is me. And who is the master? There is one answer in church to every single question, and that is Jesus, right? Jesus is the master, he's the king, he's the owner, and so that's what the parable tells us to start out with. The master owns it. We manage it or steward it. Good steward. And we, as we steward all that the Lord has given us, his people, his church, we do so with the end in mind. What's the end? Some of us might think, oh, the end is 
the end of the ski season. That's somewhere around April or May. And we're beginning the ski season with the end in mind. And so therefore, if I'm going to get in 50 plus days of skiing this year, I need to, no, uh, that is not the end. Not the one Jesus is talking about. What's the end? Is it retirement? Ha. Ah, retirement, when we can relax, put in a life of hard work and labor, and finally take a break. However, I shall just say this, that the idea of retirement for the people of God, um, the idea of retirement from the kingdom of heaven, you can start to see some problems with that one. So that's not what Jesus is talking about. What's the end? Is it, is it death? Is that the end that Jesus is talking about? Well, certainly, uh, when we die, we get to go and be with our Lord. That is mentioned a couple times in Scripture. However, that is not the primary focus of Scripture. And that is not the end or focus of this parable. When's the end? The return of the king, right? When Jesus comes back. We work, we function, we, we serve, we steward with the end in mind. Jesus will return, and what a glorious day that will be. Seriously, how many of us have, have seen in our lives, in this world, brokenness, sadness, frustration, disappointment. In the end, when Jesus returns, we are promised, Scripture tells us that there will be no more tears. Every tear will be wiped away. That there will be no more death. That there will be no more sickness. That we will be clothed in righteousness, in white robes. Ah, we'll be free of sinning. Lord, haste the day. And we're free from saying we will be clothed in righteousness. We'll be given a crown of life. That's what we're told in Revelation. We will eat from the tree of life. We will drink from the water of life. We will live in the new Jerusalem. In the new heavens and new earth, it will be perfect. And we pray, come quickly. Lord Jesus, come quickly, King. Now, just before our text that we are focusing on today in Matthew 24, Jesus shares a little bit about his coming and his encouragement to his people in that passage is this. Stay awake. Be alert. Gregorio. Gregorio, sorry, is the, the Greek word. That's where we get the name Gregory. Anyone named Greg here with us today? No? But someone on the Summit Mission Alliance board is named Greg. Stay awake. Be alert. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. But what's the temptation? To stop paying attention, to fall asleep, 
In verses 48 and 49 of our text, what, what happens? The, the servant, he becomes wicked. And what's he start to think? He starts to think that he's no longer the steward. He thinks he's the master, that he's in charge. The end <laughs> will never come, he thinks. And so he doesn't keep it in mind. What's his motivation? M-O-R-E. More. He wants more. And it makes me think of, well, the times that I've gotten to take vacation at properties that some of you all own. Now, thank you, first of all, for that. Uh, it's nice to be able to do this. This is where uh, Eden and I and the family hung out this past April. Not bad, right? This is Florida. Pretty nice. Good pool. Clear water. White sand. It was like walking on baby powder, right? Like, oh, it was amazing. Sunset was gorgeous. Good food. It's relaxing. There weren't many people there, so I could go down to the pool with the kids and play catch with the, with the football and didn't have to worry about hitting someone in the head on accident. But what if I said, huh, I kind of like this place. I'm going to keep it as my own. I mean... Possession is, is nine-tenths of the law, is that right? I mean, I'm here. Who's going to stop me? No. Bad deal, right? I'm not thinking this through. I wouldn't have kept the end in mind. <sighs> what we think in life that we own is really on loan. It's really a gift from the Lord. The end will come. So let's get it, uh, get get to the point here a little bit. And here, here's the illustration I've heard in the past. Uh, when you go to a doctor's office and the doctor touches somewhere and says, does this hurt? No. Does this hurt? No. Does this hurt? Ouch. Right? One of two things are happening. Either that doctor has found a place that's wrong, uh, that's hurt, that, that there's something wrong in your body, or the doctor's pushing too hard. <laughs> so that said, I hear myself saying this to you, but let me push a little bit. Uh, according to, to some research, practicing Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, practicing Christians report giving an average of $1,400 to their church. Is that a lot? Is that a little? You, take, you do the math and compare it to your income. Um, but on average, that's 3%, maybe 4% of their disposable income. More than half of all Christians say they gave less than $500 last year, and 15% of Christians 
gave nothing. Ouch. So the question is, why such low numbers? And get this, of the possible answers to a recent survey among, again, Christians, here's the question. What is your ultimate financial goal in life? What is your ultimate financial goal in life? The option to serve God with my money came in sixth. Number one option, serve myself. (laughs) Research shows that 57% of Christians who attend church this weekend are givers, and 43% are keepers. Givers are other-focused, keepers are self-focused. Pushing. Am I pushing too hard yet? Let me know. Keepers, uh, number one financial goal is to support the lifestyle they want. The end will never come. So they think. What do you think? Why do why why such poor giving amongst Christians? Well, it's that thinking. Jesus won't come back. Or we forget about it. We lose focus. We don't stay awake. We drift through life, falling asleep. And not only am I going to talk about individuals giving, but let's talk about congregations as well. Sometimes when I go to churches that are are struggling, that are, for lack of a better word, dying, One of the first things that they cut from their giving, from their budget, is missions, right? Supporting others, right? I've even heard it said directly to me. We've got enough in the bank account to keep going until we all die. They think death is the end, and it's not. Fortunately, we here, Christ Lutheran Church, don't function in that way, and and this is thanks to Peace Lutheran Church in Arvada, right? I I spent some time down there serving as associate pastor, and one of the things that they did with their budget is is this. We're going to give 10% first fruits off the top of our weekly offering, bang. There it is. So whether our offering is low or not, we're giving to support the district, to support missions. And I think, well, let me just say it this way. This congregation has absolutely been blessed by that. Thanks be to God. And was able to learn and share that with this congregation. And this congregation has adopted Essentially the same policy. Thanks be to God. The master, the master of that of the servant, he's going to come. Right? He's going to come a day when uh, he's not expected. The wicked servant doesn't expect him in an hour that he is not uh, aware. 
And here's the point, Jesus' point of the parable. Don't make financial plans just for tomorrow or next month or, or next year. Make financial plans for the inevitable end when Jesus returns. We begin today with the end in mind. One story that I, I've heard recently was about uh, three demons talking to each other. And uh, the, the first demon said to the devil himself, hmm, how am I going to get people to fall away from Christ, to fall away from the church? I'll tell them there's, there is no God. And the devil said, eh, that probably won't work. Most people believe that there's a God. So the second demon said, well, uh, I'll tell people that there's no hell. Eh, maybe that works, maybe not, but lots of people still believe that there's a hell. The third demon says this, I'll tell people there's no end. Hmm. <laughs> Go, Satan says, and you will take people out by the billions. There is an end, friends. Our Lord Jesus is coming back. Lord, haste the day when all things are made new. Until then, may we be found faithful, faithful servants, caring for all that the Lord has given us to steward in our lives. Amen? Amen.